Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Good evening. What's up, Vinny? How we doing? Man, I'm good. How about you? Man, I am I am grand. I'm grand. We are uh, the Beast of the East podcast. As you can see, I'm trying out some of these uh, psychedelic uh, backgrounds here. Uh, I'm going to be cycle, cycling through these things uh, as we go. Uh, I found this. I used this one the, uh, over the weekend when I did the uh, believe in dogs uh, post game pod, the little extra segment that I did. I use this background. I don't know. It's uh, kind of funky. So kind of different. Trippy. Very trippy. <laughs> Trying to attract the new audience here. What do you What do you think? So you know, it's, it's, it's those those AM shows where they call in talk about aliens. They might just hop on in here, man. Well, hey, the more the merrier, right? So, uh, like I said, we are the Beast of the East podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, coming to you on the video side from Y'all's Conference Network. Uh, we are live. The chat is up and ready to go. Uh, if you want to jump in, feel free. Make some comments. Uh, we are without Israel. He is watching uh, girls Monroe Monroe High School girls basketball down in uh, Southwest Georgia. Uh, he is uh, he is on teacher duty. I told him to uh, to, to to say that he has uh, to go number two, and so he can jump in. Maybe he'll jump in later. Maybe he'll join us. Maybe he won't. Uh, hopefully he will. Hopefully the game will end uh, and, and and we'll still be going. So uh, regardless of that situation, uh, T's and P's, my man. T's and P's. John joins us. He found find that Selma Hayek in a bikini slideshow. Always attracts a crowd. Well, John, I got a I got an assignment for you. You can make that for me as my rolling background, and I will be happy, more than happy, to run that. Should have done that yesterday, John. I know. See, I could, I could, I could be prepared, right? I could be prepared if you did, but no nonetheless, argument. he gets no argument from anybody here with that statement. No, it's 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 a very true statement, actually. Absolutely. It is it, actual it is factual. complete. Yeah. As TLC used to say, actual and factual. That's right. It is uh totally facts. But uh we are we are brought to you by betonline.ag. The big game is finally here as we hit Super Sunday with the last game of the football season. As always, Bet Online has you covered from odds, scores, totals, player performance, props. To where the next fired coach is going to land, Bet Online has the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. I wonder what the odds were on the Texans landing Lovey Smith. Was he some kind of? He was administrative or something with them, wasn't he? He was their defensive coordinator, I believe. Oh wow! Okay, and the odds. Well, what were the odds for McCown at first? It was like he was a shoe in to get it. I know. He was like two to one or something. It's crazy. And he's out and Lovey's in. Well, I'm glad. Lovey had a successful run as, as Bears head coach. Uh not yeah. so good in Tampa, but I think there was more at play there uh than just, you know, I don't think it was an apples to apples type scenario, but I'm just glad McCown's not the not the head coach. I, I didn't care who they hired. As long as it wasn't McCown, I, I think that would have been a slap in the face to every candidate out there. Yeah, because I mean, he would have, you know, he didn't pay any kind of dues. He didn't really, no, you know, just, not at all. Just, I mean, I'm just, I know it's hard who you know, but wow, that would have been, and they would have been a train wreck anyway. Him mm-hmm. without experience trying to take over that their mess already, and that wouldn't have made anything any better. No, not at all. But they get some stability now, so that's good. That's good. Speaking of stability, it's not just football. Uh, Bet Online has basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, and the coverage is the best in the business from sports right down to your fake favorite Vegas casino games. Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. So head to Bet Online today 
or use your mobile device to set sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code believe that's B L E A V to get you started. It's the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet online is where the game starts. So uh, Vinny, let's uh, let's get right into it. I, I think uh, we'll start with Kentucky basketball because that seems to be Yes, John, you are an ideas guy. Um, Kentucky basketball seems to be a good thing to talk about these days. So talk me through that game. What happened? Uh, I didn't see a whole lot of it. I kind of wish I did at this point, but um, it, it was a good one, I heard. It was. It was, uh, you know, we talked about it either over here or believe in Kentucky because I had to, had Stacy and Jake on a tie talk guys on there we did a little you know preview another Saturday row game for Kentucky you know at Kansas at Auburn here we are at Alabama and it was kind of more the same when they're healthy the the road arena gets quiet now unlike Kansas and Auburn Kentucky didn't jump out and, and take control Alabama punched Kentucky in the mouth first it was it was nine to one. Coleman Coliseum is jumping, and you know they're all into it. And this is what you want. <clears throat> and uh, they got a quick bucket to make it nine to three. And then it was Killing Grady hit a three. And when it was ten to six, you could already feel like you know they're they're weathering the storm. They're kind of getting their legs around them. They're gonna be fine. They took that punch, and Alabama didn't run away from them and hide. You know, they, they kind of got their legs. So they end up winning 66-55. A lot of people thought it'd be a big track meet like, you know, 97-93 with both of them, you know, having such high-powered offenses. Mm-hmm. It was more of a rock fight. It was, it was up and down, but it was sloppy and it was a lot of missed shots. Kentucky wins 66-55. to So after going down 9-1, to they outscored them 65-46. to to close the game. So after taking that punch, you basically beat them by 20 on their home court in a game that, you know, Alabama's four and five in conference play halfway point of the season. You want to start the second half, right? So it's kind of a, I would say must win, but they, they want to get off to a better start in conference play. Nate Oates said it in his pregame pre, uh, you know, maybe mm-hmm. press, conference, you know, Stacey, Jake talked about this kind of must-win game for Alabama. And, you you know, you take their punch and you beat about 20 in their home court. Uh, and Oscar Sheway had an off night with 10 points and 15 rebounds. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty impressive there. I, and, and I think one of the things I mentioned uh, with the George-Auburn game is bench contribution. Uh, Georgia got none of that. And the reason why Auburn was close to losing is they got no bench contribution either. One of the things I noticed with Kentucky is you had Collins with 10 points in just nine minutes and Mintz uh, with seven points in 19 minutes, both really good contribution off the bench. Uh, Of course, uh, Collins had six boards as well. Uh, So, uh, you know, when you, when you look at the depth that, Kentucky has that like how much of a factor is having a bench that can come in in some crucial minutes and critical minutes and and actually come in and be productive that's huge and you come to expect it from Mintz he's first of all this is this is one of the oldest teams Cal's ever had you know Mintz is like 24 transferred in from Creighton he played last year and as bad as they were, he would, you know, kind of put the team on his back as best he could. And they were still just so flawed. He didn't, he didn't get to see a lot of, <laughs> a lot of it pay off. You know, he'd have his moments, but they'd still lose or, you know, it was just, there was no fans in Rep Arena. He didn't really get the true experience of what it was like to play at Kentucky. So he comes back again this year. He's been more the six man, but you know what you're getting with him. You know, you're getting offense, you know, you're getting, uh, a good steady veteran presence. So you, you know what you can kind of pencil in immense for. Uh, mm-hmm. They're struggling to hit some threes. They'll come in and hit a three, that kind of thing. Collins, on the other hand, the rare exception, he's one of the few true freshmen on this team, and he hadn't played in about the past six games. You know, DMP, coach's decision. But the young fella, to his credit, 
Spade Rick. Uh, he's he's they're still trying to put weight on him. He's eating. He's on that like Michael Phelps diet, trying to get five thousand calories and got him in the weight room. He's skin and bones, but he can provide some shot blocking because Sheboy, as good as he is, is not a shot blocker. Uh, they love to do that, you know, get the guards in the paint and throw the lob. He's a great lob guy because he's bouncy, can jump out of the gym. Six for six from the free throw line, and he hadn't played, like I said, in the past six games. So the dude, to his credit, had stayed ready, and that's huge down the stretch because, you know, it was a rough type game. He's still going to get pushed around when you play some physical teams, but Alabama didn't really have physical bruisers. So this was a game he could get in and and make a contribution, and he did. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it, and and it was a it was a great game, a great great time for him to kind of shine. We get closer to, to postseason play. One of the things I want to also mention about this game that stood out to me is they went three from thirty from three. I will say that again: three of thirty. <laughs> From three-point land. They're the nation's leader in three-point attempts. There's probably a reason why they've lost a bunch in a row. They're 14-9 and nine now. They, they've, they've been on kind of a skid a little bit because they're living and dying by the three. Uh, oh. I, I, like, don't you think – I don't know. I'm like I'm not a huge basketball expert here. I'm not – I coach football, and I could probably tell you how to get out of most situations in football. But as far as basketball goes, like if, if you're not shooting three well – is it time to try something else? Are they? I mean, are they really built for that? I mean, they don't. You think maybe, maybe pump fake and step in and shoot a little mid range. They don't really have a, a big center they can throw it into and, and get points from that standpoint. Do they have anybody that can take it to the rack though? Yeah, because that's that's Oates' philosophy, you know, score at the rim or get threes. And, you know, last year he was, quote, unquote, revolutionizing basketball with this philosophy. Uh, now, you know, some of those guys are gone, Petty and Herbert Jones, some of those guys that, you know, had a better season are gone, but he's still kind of you know, living by the three, dying by the three. He's not the first of this. I mean, Rick Pitino at Kentucky. You know, came in, Patino's Bombinos, right after they were on probation, they jacked it up like that. So this isn't a new thing Oates is doing, but, you know, he was right. the best thing since sliced bread last year. Uh-huh. Really working this year. They beat a lot of good teams, but they lost to some terrible teams. So it's it's really up and down, and, and they are kind of on a, on a downslope right now. But you think maybe, maybe get in and try to try to go in and get fouled or Shoot a fifteen footer or, or something. Get three some the hard way, I guess. Right? I don't know. Yeah, some of those were open. I mean, Kentucky contested some. Some were good looks. He did say that, but yeah. Texas A and M shot but, like one for twenty or something when Kentucky played them down there as well. I don't. I'm not saying they're the greatest yeah. three point defensive team, but that's a couple prolific shooting teams that both had terrible shooting games at home against Kentucky. But at the end of the day, you got to you got to find a way to drain some of those, and you got to find a way to create when you're not at your best from three point land. You can't you can't always shoot your way out of it. So to speak. yeah, and Oates in the post game, he did say they were good looks. We got to have guys good get in the gym more. Got to have guys get shots up because you get confidence when you see the ball go through the net. He also said our defense was pretty good because. If it wasn't, we would have gotten blown out, which I, I kind of disagree because after you got, you know, Kentucky spotted you a nine to one lead, you kind of did get blown out. You lost mm-hmm. by 20 the rest of the way. So it, there was that, there was that poor stretch there early in the second half where Alabama or Alabama lost it and, and Kentucky stretched it from four to 11 points. And then it really, the game never really changed after that. It was, it was all Kentucky from there, even though it was a 11 point game, it kind of stayed that way. Uh, for the yeah. most part, the lead stretched and then uh, shrunk a little bit, and then kind of stayed within that, then that range right around eleven where it finished. Yeah. So, I don't know. Like you got to find other ways to get your confidence, and then your threes will start hitting. Like it, it's almost like throwing the long ball in, in football and just throwing it, and throwing it, and throwing it. Yeah, it gives you confidence if you hit one, but if you're not hitting one, 
if you're not hitting any of them. I mean, what you know, you go three and out and punt. You know, the other team all day long. The other team's gonna start pushing the lead out there. I mean, it works the same way in basketball. I mean, the three ball is kind of like the go ball in, in football. I mean, it's it's a, it's a great confidence booster if you can hit a few in a row. <coughs> Then man, you're in good shape. So I don't know. Defense looking at you like, man, y'all, y'all need to hit a deep know. ball or or do something different because we're yeah. tired of coming out here. We need to three and out. We're tired of running back out here with y'all putting all day. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, um, but a huge win for Kentucky. Uh, another confidence boost builder there as we head towards the SEC tournament and, and ultimately the NCAA tournament. Another team that was looking for uh, something they. St- something along the lines of a confidence booster, something that's going to keep them in the number one spot. The Auburn Tigers uh, were on the road at Georgia. Only reason we're talking about it. Uh, the 22-1 Auburn Tigers, 10-0 in conference. Boy, they escaped, man. Wendell Green uh, got them out of a jam. Georgia played pretty good. Uh, if they had got any sort of contribution from the bench, they probably would have won this game by, you know, Five, four, five, six points, uh, mm-hmm. but they just could not get anything off off the bench. Uh, and defense down the stretch was horrendous. There was one play. I think Georgia was up by two, and Auburn. I, I forget who it was for Auburn. Had it at the top of the key, and just dribble one, two, and went uncontested, like it was the All Star game to the rim. <laughs> Everyone just turned around and like watched him go to the rim. Like nobody fouled him, nobody tried to block it, like nothing. Yeah. It was brutal. Um they yeah, had some some bad some crucial misses from the free throw line too that mm-hmm. could have probably put them over the hump. Yeah. They, they were they were they were bad from 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 the charity stripe. They were I mean it just it just shows you what kind of team Georgia is. Like any team with a pulse probably would have sent Auburn home with a 10 point loss. Let's just be honest about that, because Auburn, Auburn didn't play. Auburn didn't get hardly anything from their bench either. Katie Johnson led the way with twenty points, but I mean, like you look at the you look at the box score, right? You look at their bench. You know, four minutes. You had two guys with eleven minutes and nineteen minutes scored four and two points, like six points from your two uh, biggest minutes contributors off the bench. Like you, you got no production. Like they didn't hardly rebound, no assist. Like they didn't really like. They got like one guy got three personal fouls. That's all he contributed. Like three fouls, four points in eleven minutes. Like they got nothing from their bench, and they were they were thirty nine percent from the field. It's not yeah. it's not going to win you a whole lot of games, except against Georgia. No, no, they you know, it was just forty percent from the field. Let them off the hook. Uh, definitely, definitely let them off the ways. Either Auburn is, you know good team finding a way to win where they don't play their best or Auburn is a, a little vulnerable. They, they've had a one point win at Missouri, which they could, you know, they were yeah. lucky to get out of Columbus Como with that one, you know, had a, they, a dog fight in Athens. They got a, they they got a bit got, of a gift on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. So is, is Auburn, you know, kind of peak too soon or are they just a good team that are scrapping and finding ways to win when, you know, they're number one team in the country and everybody's trying their best to take them down. It's just, yeah. just a couple of look at it, you know. Well, basketball's like, a long sport. So, I mean, you're, you're bound to have an off day at some point. Mm-hmm. And this was their off day. And they, you know, I, I think against Missouri, they were able to fight back a little bit because Missouri's a good team, but Missouri's very streaky as well. I think they were able to kind of fight back. Georgia just, the Georgia game, they they just got a gift. Let's just be, let's just be real about it. They got mm-hmm. a gift. Um, and I, I think when you, I don't know. Like I said it, I said it in the, uh, I said it in the post game pod. You got to get more from the bench, and that comes down to recruiting. You know, um, at least on Georgia's side, with, with and Georgia hadn't really got much from their bench all season long. Uh, Auburn has. They've yeah. recruited. They've obviously recruited well, but um, the biggest controversy was foul or no foul. Uh-huh. Or block or charge, or yeah. no call. Like I don't know. I kind of thought it was a good no call. Like don't let don't let the re- referee decide that, right? Yeah. I kind of lean towards that. Mm-hmm. Just kind of 
let the players determine it at the end unless it's just mm-hmm. completely egregious. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Somebody get decapitated out there. <laughs> yeah, unless it's like a nineteen ninety five New York Knicks foul. <laughs> or like a Bill Lambeer chop your head off type situation. Yeah. Uh you know. But uh to me, I will ask you this from an outsider. Okay. Um it was a great effort, right? They played hard, but they played like five dudes at the Y getting together for the first time. They've played like that all season long. Is this is Tom Crean the right guy? Is he the right guy? I don't know. It's he's did we talk about this a couple weeks ago? You know, he, he took way to the final four and Marquette, and he's he's kind of rode that for a long time. We talked about this last year on Believing Kentucky with Tony Delk and I when Tony was still hosting Whitney, that I think the commentator said because it was the Anthony Edwards team and they jumped out and, and had Kentucky beat. You know, in the first half, and you know, he kind of strutted to the locker room like we got this, and then Kentucky came out and beat him in the second half. Mm-hmm. Is that something to the fact that Tom Crean like changes or reinstalls the the playbook every five games, like redoes every? And I was like, I was asking TD, is like, is he like giving them too much? Is that just? trying to feed them too much information over, you know, what if it's, this is working, maybe leave it alone. But every five games, you just change everything. I don't think, I mean, I'm not there, but that seemed like maybe that was a little too much or you're just trying to do too much. Um, and yeah, I it's, think that's it's too not much. really working. I, we, I would kind of question that method. I mean, yeah. he's been longer than I have, but. Uh, that didn't really seem to make a lot of sense to me when uh-huh. I heard that. No, it doesn't. I mean, I can't think of any sport where an information overload is going to win. You know? I don't know. And that's – I mean, if you, you just get – say – say man, everybody's not going to be comfortable with everything at the same time, but say everybody's kind of rolling with that and you go – Three and two or four and one in this five game stretch. And oh, it's five games. It's time to recycle everything. And now we're reprocessing a whole new semi system. Yeah. And we're like starting from scratch every couple of weeks. It's, it seems weird. And then the problem is like you really, with that method, you really only get one really good game out of, out of the guys. And the rest of the time, it's them trying to figure out what yeah. the heck's going on. And I, I personally don't like. I personally don't subscribe to that. I think simplicity is key. Let your guys, you know, figure out what what you do and let your guys go. Um, if I was a basketball coach, I'd I'd probably subscribe to the Nolan Richardson style of play. Forty minutes of hell, and let's let's just go, man, and uh, let, let's get buckets in transition and, and stuff like that. So I don't know. I got how many coaches now? Do you hear say, you know, we we you know, Cal says a lot. We Respect our opponent. We don't fear anybody. Right. We're more concerned about what we do. We're working about us. And that's basketball. Like you don't have like basketball. You're not really worried about what the other opponent is doing. I mean, you know the re- the the best the best coaches in in the history of the game. John Wooden on you know on down the list. We're all worried about themselves or when I say themselves that you know John Wooden was worried about his team yeah. Cal worried about his team guarantee uh-huh. Patino worried about his team coach K you think he's worried about NC State nope he worried about Duke should have uh, been worried about Virginia tonight though but that's anyway yeah I mean that's neither here nor there. I, I think he's he's kind of checked out I think yeah Truthfully. it's always good to see them lose though yeah. On a bus feeder at home in Cameron Indoor, you, you love to see it. That's all I'm mm-hmm. saying. Yep, you do. Yep, 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 yep. I think all the Duke haters, I think all the deep down Christian Christian Leitner haters, uh, a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of y'all Kentucky fans have uh, I, still yeah. have that seared I, into your mind. Oh, my God. Oh, oh. That's <laughs> seared in there. Yeah. Hey, Russians, uh, Israel's not here, so take a hike. 
that was devastating, man. For anybody yeah. old enough that that game in '92 when he hit that shot. First of all, look, see, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get upset all over again. Uh-oh. Like I do, because you're Uh-oh. in Georgia. Yeah. I used to be I used to be a Hogs fan until they traded Dominique for Danny Manning. I still get pissed off about that. Yeah. Leitner should have never been in the game. He stomps on Amino Timberlake's chest. He doesn't get a technical, or he does get a technical. Should have been kicked out of the game. Yeah. Put the stumps on the man's chest, and everybody saw it. Should have threw him out the game. He stays in the game. He goes 10 for 10 from the field, 10 for 10 from the line, 30 however many points, the game winner. To you know, every Kentucky fan that was, he should have never been there to take and make that final shot. He should have got kicked out of the game uh-huh. for intentionally stepping on the man's chest. But he was the golden boy. He was Christian Leitner. Okay. He did whatever he wanted to do. <laughs> oh, man, I, I can get you wound up, can I? It's all over again. <laughs> I just get you wound up, man. It's all good. I and love it. The, the speculation is too. <laughs> This tournament, you know how the NCAA tournament, the committee, they say they never go by storylines. They never make yeah, right. They're huge, dude. Stuff. Even though Kentucky will play Northern Kentucky or Western Kentucky or Eastern Kentucky in the first round, every chance they get, they always match them up. Well, Kentucky and Duke, there's you know the chances of them being in the same region. And meeting in Philadelphia again 30 years later, just like they met in Philadelphia in 1992. They'll say they don't do that, but watch, that's what happens. Yeah. Kentucky and Philadelphia. Totally. (laughs) In an Elite Eight matchup, you know, just recreating that history from 30 years ago. But we don't do storylines. We don't do that. No, don't. No, you don't. No, no, it's all numbers, man. It's all numbers. So, um, So now that we got that out of the way, um, uh, one more thing to see. Oh, the, oh, he, he, he's, the he's going. Dominic Manning, the Christian Leitner, as the Braves fan, I'm older than you, but the 91 World Series, when Kent, Kent Herbeck just janks people off of the bases. Yeah, that, I'm still bitter about that, too. See what I'm saying? You got to see. I'm I with know. you on that. I'm I, a Braves I mean, I was, just, I was just a first grader, but I still remember it. Yeah, I was in... Seventh, eighth grade, I'm five or six years older than you, so I was in middle school, junior high. But yeah, yeah. her back had no reason to do that. And then I, I was literally screaming at the TV, mm-hmm. How can I know this when I'm 13? Bobby Cox, we we love Charlie Lee Brandt, but we can't bring him in to face Kirby Puckett. Uh, it's first of all, it's lefty righty, Lee Brandt barely through the speed limit, and he's gonna throw a 56 mile an hour. Just hit me ball to Kirby Puckett, and you saw what happened. You know, he, yeah, that that was, that was that was not good. You ain't got to have analytics. You ain't got to Bobby no. Gorch. I'm like, no, no, we don't we don't we, we don't want Charlie here. We love Charlie, but not right now. This ain't the spot to bring Lee Brand in out of the pen against yeah. Kirby. A lefty just lobbing softballs up to. Lobby BP. Yeah. Oh my God. Anyway, yep. you know, my bad. I ain't mean to read the <laughs> it's Okay. Apparently this is uh this is SC this is uh Bees of the East therapy session. So <laughs> um we're gonna we're gonna res- we're gonna reset with uh with our newest of sponsors. Uh that would be Nord VPN. Nord VPN. So what's more important than peace of mind? Well, apparently nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for, to give you peace of mind while you're online. And with all the threats that you face today on the internet, it is more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN that you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, the most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either. And the plans start at just under $4 per month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe or use the code believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. 
It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, NordVPN. Do it. Be safe. So, yeah, our newest sponsor, man. Hey, love it, man. I was, uh, worked him in on that last episode of Believe in Kentucky. And, you know, like you said, those those Russians that are always trying to uh, those freaking mess bots, around. Man. Israel is here. Ain't no those those freaking bots, man. Um, so, uh, did you watch the Tennessee game at all? Uh, no, they blew out what South Carolina. Yeah, it ended up being a it ended up being a tight game for a little while. Um, but uh, they showed just what hitting a crucial three can do for you. Now they. Uh, uh, yeah, Tennessee. Uh, Zakai Ziegler, he had 18 points. Who, yeah. Tonight? What's that? What, tonight? No, on Saturday. Oh, okay. Against what, South Carolina? Yeah, against South Carolina. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was it was a tight game for a little while, at oh, least okay. early in the second half, and dude just blew it wide open. So I just wanted to make mention of that. I, I think that um, they're third in the SEC in three-point shooting percentage. Uh, they've made four of its first five shots from three point land. So they're, they are the anti Alabama in that regard. <laughs> right. Yeah, they are. And well, Alabama's on this list of, you know, three point teams. And it was Alabama and it's a bunch of mid majors and schools you never heard of. But when you look at really efficient offenses, it's, that's where all your other power five schools are. You know, look at not just your three point shooting, but your total offense. And all the other teams are on that list. Alabama and a bunch of, yeah, also Rams are on the three point, you know, attempts and. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yep. that's, you know, that's what Oates wants to do. Well, I mean, that's what he's got to do, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what they keep recruiting too. So that's what they're going to keep doing. So they're going to keep. You know, living and dying and looking good some nights, looking like they can beat anybody, and then they can't throw an oath in other nights. Yeah, that's kind of their that's kind of their MO, unfortunately. So mm-hmm. what can you do, right? Nope. Um, any other basketball games from Saturday? Oh uh, not see you. I mean Kansas Kansas bounced back from their beating that Kentucky gave them and they destroyed Baylor. Uh which what they beat them by thirty. It was at Kansas, I, but yeah. defending champs. I guess they I guess they bounced back in a huge way, didn't they? They did. They did. So uh, I guess they kind of watched the taste out of their mouth for that. Gonzaga's still rolling, but again, they don't really play anybody in their conference. Um poor old North Carolina. You know, Duke destroyed them. That was Coach K's last trip to Chapel Hill. And it was, you know, it was over as soon as it started. But then Duke loses to Virginia tonight on the buzzer beat that we just talked about. So uh, the ACC, the ACC only right now has three teams in the tournament. Um, Duke, forget who the second team is. Duke, I think Duke Notre Dame are the only ones really – solidly in and Miami was like the last four in and the yeah. rest of the ACC is just going on fishing like TNT says you know, but only three teams right now from the ACC that's the slimmest pickings I think I've ever seen I know that's pretty crazy ain't it? yeah mm-hmm. that's I, I've never never seen the ACC down like that yeah um that's good for the that's good for the SEC though yep yeah. Um, guys. Exactly. <laughs> I know, right? We are. Um, so looking ahead, uh obviously Kentucky has a you know, and, and you can catch the the full preview on uh Believe in Kentucky. Uh Kentucky faces South Carolina tomorrow night. Uh that should be a blowout on the road, but hopefully Kentucky doesn't play down to their competition there. Yeah. Uh South Carolina they're good. They're streaky. They play hard. Uh, it's gotten them four wins in conference. It's gotten them 13 overall. Um, 
but they just aren't quite to the level of Kentucky. Auburn takes on Arkansas in a West matchup. Uh, LSU A and M that should be a that should be a fun one there. Uh, Missouri Vanderbilt also on Tuesday. Vanderbilt got a big big win uh, over the weekend, so they beat LSU. Sure did. That that was huge for uh, for Coach Stack. So uh, they look to build on that moment. <laughs> God Almighty, right? It's good for the pastor. <laughs> the pastor with the boxiest shoulders I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, he's always dressed to kill, and he uh, when they played in Lexington, he was in all black. He looked like he looked like a reverend out there. <laughs> <laughs> reverend's Dak House. Yeah. <laughs> he got teed up. He got teed up, and he took his jacket off and was looking for somebody to throw it to. He didn't just throw it on the ground, but he, he held it because he was so mad, and he was hold my jacket because I'm mad. He's like, it's like easy, pastor. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um. Well, uh, on Believe in Georgia Dogs, uh, to, we'll get to preview the Georgia-Florida game on Wednesday. Uh, Bama plays Ole Miss and Tennessee plays uh, on the road at Mississippi State. That should be a good one as well. Georgia-Florida. Uh, Florida, I'm not real sure what Florida has. Uh, they are an even 5-5 five and five right now mm-hmm. um, in the conference. They're achieving a little bit, I would believe. Yeah. I think well, they have a little bit more. We're at the indoor swamp, so uh, that'll be uh, well. That'll be a get get well game for Florida, if we're being honest about it. Cool. So that's what to look forward to there. Uh, if you want to catch some more in depth previews, go to our respective shows. Um, Tide Talk Sports. So we'll probably uh, locked on Ole Miss. We'll, we'll give you all the information on the Alabama Ole Miss matchup. Uh, believe in Tennessee. I don't know if they do uh, basketball, but if they do. Uh-huh. Check them out. Tyler talks basketball or not. I believe in Vanderbilt. They definitely don't do basketball. Um, And then, of course, I don't know about the the others, but but there you go. There's all the basketball news that you can handle. Um, Were you were you pleased with uh, with signing day last week or just overall? Yeah, yeah. Kentucky had a lot of this done early, but. uh, Please look, man. You guys are used to this. I mean, this is this nothing new for Georgia, but Kentucky, according to rivals, finished 13th in the nation. Which yeah, is I saw that. I was like, wow, un- okay, unprecedented. You know, a few short years ago, Kentucky's in the 60s and the 50s, and mm-hmm. we're freaking out when they cracked the top 30. So it's still sixth in the SEC, but 13th in the nation. To see Kentucky do that is, yeah. I mean, you just keep doing stuff we've never seen before on the on the football side. It's crazy. Exactly. Just just continue to do it. And and early on, you probably thought Mark Stoops wasn't wasn't the guy. Oh man, they yeah, there was which you knew he came into a dumpster fire. Bless Joker Phillips' heart. Joker last season he goes two and ten, and. You know, Neil Brown was offensive coordinator, and they're coming in looking at the talent, the roster, and they're like, oh, we (laughs) – the job and the building they had to do because the cover was so bare. So 2-10 and for Stoops' first year, and he jumps to 5-7 and the next two years with a chance to go to bowl games and then just couldn't get that sixth win. And was it his fourth year? He's kind of teetering, but they beat Mississippi State at home. Austin McGinnis kicks a field goal, and they end up going to a bowl game. I think they'd go 7-5 and five that year. And that was kind of the turning point because he was kind of getting them on shaky ground. Yep. But uh, that was the Benny Snell, Josh Allen season. And the next year, uh, it's a Super Bowl year, they go 7-5, a couple 7-5, then they'd go up to 9-3 and three and win the bowl game. But, yeah, just – he was kind of given time. He he had a plan to come in and, you know, win traditionally in the trenches at Kentucky. Normally it's air raid, it's gimmicky, it's got to trick people. But he was just coming in going toe-to-toe, and he's he's done everything he said he's going to do. And, and nobody. Nobody. We expected it. To it. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was good. I mean, it's it's 
really good patience from Kentucky's administration because it, I mean, yeah. starting out, it went sideways, right? So, yeah, yeah. but you couldn't help it because, <laughs> yeah. you know, what he inherited was a mess. So, yeah, you go two and ten, five and seven, five and seven season. You know, it was, there were some questions. And there, at the back then, you were still kind of waiting to see the the defense improve. We're like, this is a defensive guy, and it's not really, not really happening. You know, they and they were they were winning some shootouts, and the defense was still kind of behind. But yeah, slowly he just kept building, kept plugging, just kept his nose down, and kept kept grinding. And then we've seen it all. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now you're poised to, if if they're able to keep Liam Cohen, we, we see teams still trying to pluck him away. You know, we didn't have the Miami Hurricanes job. I didn't really. But his name is still floating around. I don't think Cohen's going to leave unless he's a head coach in college or uh, back to the NFL as a, as a coordinator. Which the Rams have openings. So, I mean, yeah, and that's where he came from. So, you know, McVay's his boy. So that's the one where – I'm kind of holding my breath because eh, this came from there. It'd be easy for him to go right back to it. But um, if you get a second year out of him with Levis and Rodriguez back and, and you lose one Dell Robinson, but you got a couple of transfers, you know, coming in, you know, Barry and uh, the Robinson kid and, and uh, Javon from Alabama transferring up there. So, you know, it's, it's shaping up to be another solid year. The schedule is favorable. Mm-hmm. You can already look and you can see nine wins if you're honest. I mean, easy. So I'm gonna go to my I'm gonna go to my uh, dry erase board. I'm gonna write 500 sentences. I will not doubt Kentucky again. 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 Holy cow, man! They were. I mean, you know, Georgia's defense was. I mean, it, it, it was otherworldly. Uh, yeah. I, I think that Kentucky game obviously would have been way tighter uh, had Georgia's defense just not been what they are. Uh, they had uh, very, very, very that that one series in the second half was probably the most beautiful series I've seen out of any team against Georgia's defense. Just methodical eight play drive uh, that uh, that ended in a touchdown. Uh, Kentucky's only touchdown, and I. I looked at it, I was like, okay, Liam Cohen, he's a dude. Like, I mean, he's he's creative. His play designs are really good. I think he finally, you know, I think he finally settled in and, and figured out the college game a little bit. I think it took him a minute to figure out, but I think he found a way to pare down what what y'all do into something that work that works and is digestible and and use that as a foundation and and I think he did a good job of building off of it. And that's why you saw Kentucky's offense, I think, uh, in essence, kind of take off. Yeah, he finally he he kept talking about I wanna wanna marry the run in the past, wanna get it balanced. And he was able to do it. You know, you had he a good did. running game, you had a oh, that he was did. already in place. And then you you had uh, you know some threats on the outside and you were able to, you know, pass for 200, 250 yards a game on a consistent basis and <laughs> and make defenses realize that you could consistently pass for 250 yards a game on a consistent basis, and, and it made it that much harder to defend. The screen wasn't the Kobe Dean. Kentucky had a screen. Yeah. With, with, with All they had to do was get in his way and they walk in. And he he bust through three blockers and, and just no. – he didn't bust through anything. He ran right around them. Yeah. He 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 watched three Olays. <laughs> he sidestepped though. <laughs> uh, he he. I don't know how the hell he did that. That's probably why he's going to be a early first rounder in the NFL. Yeah. That dude so is that dude is special. You said otherworldly. That's the play. Like man, if if you know if Kentucky gets that blocked, maybe it's a. I mean, like, that gives him a chance. chance. That puts a little pressure on Georgia. That has, oh, we got a game into the second half in between the hedges. Oh, yeah. I mean, because Stetson in the first half wasn't exactly lighting the world on fire either. 
you know, Jacquez Jones, pick up the fumble. Just, yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> just pick it up. Just grab it. Yeah. I mean, a couple things in that game that, that were kind of quirky. Uh, Bowers did Bowers, though. But, Bower, Bowers did have a Bowers play against y'all. I bragged on him all year, man, because he did it every week. Something, was, something freaky every week he did, man. It was ridiculous, man. Um, but yeah, I, just to I say all that just to say I, I was impressed with what Kentucky was able to do um, offensively. I, I think had you had a little bit more consistency at the quarterback position and taking care of the ball a little mm-hmm. bit better, I, I think you're looking at a ten win like Ole Miss type situation mm-hmm. with with Kentucky. Just you know, it, it was going to be tough for anybody to beat Georgia. This this yeah. past season, I mean, it just it is what it is. It didn't matter. I mean, I could have played quarterback, and it wouldn't have mattered. <laughs> Nobody was going to score on him. I'd have been. It'd have been great to see you on Good Morning America. Just barely been able to hold your head up, Corey. <laughs> I I think I would have had to cancel that. App- <laughs> I, I probably would have said, "Nah, I'm good. <laughs> I can't make it." <laughs> Somebody would be like kicking me to make sure I'm still awake. But, um. You know, Georgia's class finished number number three in the country. Uh, you know, super pleased with that. Gunnar Stockton going to be the future at quarterback. I think getting Branson Robinson, who's a who looks like Nick Chubb now as an NFL player, not as a high schooler. Like the dude is yoked. Like uh, seven hundred pounds. Is that the kid? yeah. That's that's the kid. He uh, he looks like Clubber Lang, build wise. Uh-huh. Like he's, you know, yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, and then, uh, you know, got some got some key pieces in the defensive backfield, and um, you know, got uh, you know, Bear Alexander, a defensive tackle. I thought that was a really good. I mean, not really good. I thought that was a phenomenal pickup. Uh, Denyland Morset at wide receiver from Kennesaw. I think he adds an explosive piece to it. Uh, Dylan Bell from Houston. That was a uh, that was an actual signing day coup from Houston, Texas. Brings in some uh, much needed tall physicality at, at the wide receiver spot. Of course, bringing in offensive linemen still. Uh, Oscar Delp at tight end. Like we're starting to become tight end. You, um, C.J. Smith coming in from Orlando, big six three receiver, uh, looking to bring in some explosiveness at that position, uh, which is. What Georgia needs. So it's still, still going to be traditional line up in the eye, you know, line up. Well, not the nah, eye. I mean, you're, you're starting they to go. see, you're, you're starting to see it kind of shift a little bit. Okay. It's not, it's, it, yeah, it's not quite what it was under Cheney first few years. Mm-hmm. Kirby, you're, you're seeing him. He's still like, it's hard for him. It's hard for him to yeah. let let go completely, but <laughs> right. you're starting you're starting to see it. You saw it throughout the course of the season. You saw you saw what they did in the championship game, uh, and then against Michigan as well. They that was probably those two games were probably the best marriage of the run and pass game that that I've seen all season long. But uh, you know, it was run to set up the pass. I mean, it's just beautiful play design stuff like that. So. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing a little bit more of that. I don't want us to go full full on like flinging around, even mm-hmm. though as, as an offensive coordinator, I have to fight myself on on that. Um, but you know, Georgia, that's not their identity. So uh, before we get out of here, um, before we get way off topic here, let's talk Super Bowl. There's a lot of SEC guys in the Super Bowl, so why not? It's relevant, right? Uh, Rams, Bengals. Uh, be on the lookout, playactionpools.com. We're doing a pool. We're doing a, uh, there's a bingo game. Uh, as soon as I get a link to that, I will share it out on my social media. So if you were watching, uh, be on the lookout for that. But who you got? I'm going to let the Bengals approve me wrong, you know, the whole playoffs. But that said, I'm, I'm still going to go Rams. They, they've been there. You know, McVay's already lost the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Aaron Donald's already lost the Super Bowl. Von Miller wants to win another Super Bowl. And you, the two of those guys looking across and seeing that Cincinnati. How offense, valuable was that pickup, Von Miller? Yeah. He's a Super Bowl MVP. 
He just mm-hmm. added us. I mean, he 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 gave Cam yeah. Newton nightmares when they played Carolina a few years mm-hmm. ago. So, you know, and that since the offensive line was suspect, what nine sacks against the Titans, even though they won that game. Uh, you got Donald and Von Miller that you got to deal with now. So I just, yeah. you know, since that, it might prove me wrong again, but I, I think the Rams will be a little bit too much for him, uh, this particular Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I god, it's like you know, it, it's hard, it's hard to go against what uh, Cincinnati has done, yeah, and. I, f- I find that increasingly difficult, but again, same with the Rams. It's it's going to come down to are the Ram can the Rams figure out how to play better down the stretch or not? And for me, that's where the Bengals get you second half. <laughs> so. Is it going to be a story of of the Chiefs game all over again with the Rams and, and Bengals? If you're a Rams fan, you hope not. But for me, to be honest, who do I want to win? I just want it to be a good game. I, it, this is one of the few Super Bowls I've all I've, I've been able to say, whoever wins is I'm, I'm good with. Mm-hmm. Uh, who do I think is going to win? I, I think the Rams are going to ultimately win out because. Like their team is capable of getting nine sacks and not screwing it up like the Titans did. <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, um yeah, that's where I'm kinda at too. I think I mean Joe Burrow's gonna, you know, maybe Mixon can take some pressure off in the run game, but Burrow's gonna be, you know, zero step drops. Get that thing out of there quick because oh, totally. Ronald and and Vaughn, yeah. Yeah. Just you know, he's not gonna have time for Chase to get anything going down the field. It's no. just gonna get hot and get it out, hot potato to anybody. That's right. If he wants to leave this game in one piece, exactly. So, I, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. He's he's experienced a big career resurgence in LA. It's gotta sting Baker Mayfield, right? Like on a side note, yeah, 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 and the Giants fans, <laughs> yeah, it's got a career. So, I mean, and there he is, he's <laughs> away from a ring, and yeah, I mean, you know, I guess he maybe he unfairly got a lot of that crap in Cleveland, but you know, he's he moved on and doing fine, and Cleveland was the one still kind of. Still kind of struggling. I think they tried to pin a lot of that on him in Cleveland for it not working. But, but you know, a lot of it is. I mean, you know, Jarvis Landry has seen a decrease every single year with Baker Mayfield. Yeah, Odell Beckham leaves and all of a sudden becomes productive again. Like we think he's dead now, he's productive again. Like just like that. (laughs) Like in in a blink of an eye, he all of a sudden he catches six touchdowns. For the Rams, sure did. Like, I mean, I mean, you know, it's a team sport, so obviously it's not all on Baker Mayfield. Yeah, it'd be unfair to put it all on Baker Mayfield. But I mean, you know, Stefanski. I I think Stefanski's biggest problem was that he relied too much on Baker Mayfield. Maybe he didn't say, "Hey," and, and at times he had some injuries and COVID stuff that prevented him from using. Cream Hunt and Nick Chubb, but for the most part, for most of the year, you had enough games with those two in the backfield that you could have at least made the playoffs, right? Yeah, yeah. I made it the year before and won a yeah. game. So yeah, I mean, you run the ball with those two. You know, you you you're you're not a you're not a air it out team. I know that's what the NFL is, but that's just not who you are. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not who you have to be. Wasn't he coached a year last year for that? He was. Yeah. He was. So. I mean, he didn't just all of a sudden lose lose the ability to coach. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's, so, you know, what you, you got to be all consistently, do it consistently. And here in Cincinnati, you've been at the bottom forever, and now exactly. they're in your like, and they just won AFC. 
they have a they have a dog at quarterback though with yeah. Joe Burrow. But then again, like you have somebody who learned under Sean McVay with Zach Taylor. Yeah. Like Zach Taylor's his NFL experiences have been great. Like look at Brian Tannehill's most productive season in Miami. Guess who his quarterback's coach was? Zach Taylor. Mm-hmm. Zach Taylor goes to the Rams. Jared Goff is not just a dude. You know, <laughs> Jared Goff was a really productive quarterback for the Rams. Guess who the quarterback's coach was for that Super Bowl team? Zach Taylor. DT. So either way, McVay is, I mean, win or lose, McVay is going to. McVay is a winner regardless. <laughs> He's already. It, it's going to look good on him regardless. Yeah. Like let's let's just say it, McVeigh, McVeigh is beyond legit now. You know, yeah. let's let's just put it out there. I, I think there was a a season or two where we we're like, are, are we sure about McVeigh? You know, he had a good start, but are we sure? Yeah, now we're sure. Mm-hmm. Now, now we are sure. And you know, it's just I'm not I'm not ready to say he's like the offensive version of Belichick, but maybe he's the offensive version of Belichick. Uh, and, and I think that's why, you know, he's, he's able to find his way and navigate his way around some of these situations. I, I think also what helps is that the air of confidence he instilled in Matthew Stafford, like they were dead to rights in that Tampa game, right? Like they shouldn't even be here, but nope, no, no panic. Sean McVay just, Said, okay, Matt, let's let's go get it. You got it, man. Let's go win this thing. And they did. You know, yeah. and it doesn't hurt that you have Cooper Cup. Yeah. He's not bad. Yeah, he's definitely not. And it and they were pounding the Bucks in Tampa. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it took, you know, it was a bunch of, you know, acres fumbling a lot. It was a calamity <laughs> of, of errors. Like every bad thing that could have happened happened. Yeah. So, you know. Because you know, if 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 doesn't they imagine a narrative? You know they they go into the defending champ house and just knock them out that way. Mm-hmm. You know it still was Brady's last game ultimately, and he ended up throwing a touchdown to Evans. But imagine him going out at the hands of a thirty-four to ten whooping. You know, it, I mean, it wouldn't have tarnished it, but it would have. You know, Brady goes out nearly leading his team to victory against the Rams. Yeah, when it should exactly. have all probability probably been a, a beatdown his last yep. game. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So that's crazy, man. That's crazy how that works out. So yeah. Ooh. But uh but uh you know, Vinny, that's gonna do it for us here. We've been uh we've been going almost an hour. Um you like the Rams as do I uh, at this moment. I'll probably change my mind a couple times, but as of, as of right now, I, li- I like the Rams. I think they're going to win. I, I really want a good game, so if I'm wrong, I'm cool with that. But um, me too. You know the, the Rams are, are they're just going to be hard to beat. I think they're 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 on a mission. They've been there before. They've got a little bit of experience. That staff has experience. Most of your key players have experience in that game, so. To me, it just seems like, you know, it just seems like they're going to be the Super Bowl's a completely different animal. Mm-hmm. It's and a former former animal. dog Stafford can get him one. Let's get him one. He deserves one after twelve years in NFL prison. Yeah, exactly. Called Detroit. Exactly. If there are any Lions fans listening, I apologize, but you. But if I'm being honest, it. you have a terrible franchise. Um. And they just hired Matt Nagy as their offense coordinator. So, mm. yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. And on that note, <laughs> we are the Beast of the East podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, Masterclass, and NordVPN. We thank you for listening. We thank you for watching wherever you find us. Please make sure you come back. Uh, hit that subscribe button on the YouTube channel. Uh, give us a follow on social media. Give us a comment. Give us a subscribe on uh, anywhere you find your podcast as well. For Vinny Hardy, I'm Corey Burton. We wish you a good night. 
Have a great week, an even better weekend. Have something special planned for your wife for Valentine's Day. And we'll see you back here next week. Maybe it'll be Valentine's Day. We might uh, we might push, but uh, we will we will let you know for sure. And uh, we we thank you. Good night. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.